everyone. Welcome back to Philosophical Teens. And as usual, my name is Melody and I am here with my co-host, Christine. Hey, everyone. Today we have a special guest. Everyone say hi to Sophia Mu. Um, Sophia, why don't you say hi and give a little intro about yourself? Hi, thank you so much, Christine and Melody. My name is Sophia and I'm a 16-year-old innovator from Ottawa who's really passionate about the intersection between nanotech and piezoelectricity, specifically how it can be used for sustainable energy. I also play the clarinet and I love to row. That is amazing. So guys, today we are going to be talking about reflections as well as just um, humans and really going into the uh, the philosophical side of um, the talks because lately we've been doing more technical talks and I feel like we need to bring back some philosophy in this um, in this podcast seeing that the name is called philosophical teens anyways why don't we get started with our very first question is suffering a necessary part of being a human um, what would people who have never suffered be like so do you think that in order to be a human, suffering is a necessary part in that? And if someone had has never suffered in their entire life, what might their life look like? So um, I think suffering is definitely an ine- inevitable part of life. Um, our lives are ephemeral, meaning that they're fleeting. Um, so we all experience pain, whether it's through the loss of a loved one or unrequited love or menstrual cramps for our ladies. Um, <laughs> And I really like the quote by um, Haruki Muramaki, which is pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I think this really touches on the fact that each of us do have power in the way that we interpret pain and suffering that surrounds us. Um, But I do think that suffering is definitely a universal feeling that links all of us humans um, because we have a lack of control, you know, from the family that you're born into to the person that you fall in love with. But at the end of the day, I think what really matters is just how we choose to approach all these events. Yeah, definitely. Christine? Yeah, I I will say I do agree with that. Like suffering is kind of, I don't think it's something you can avoid. But at the same time, if it was, I don't necessarily think it is, you know, a very necessary part of being human. Pain, for sure, that's something that I feel we all need to experience at some point to truly appreciate life as it is but I don't think that because in my opinion pain um suffering comes from pain but it's um a somewhat optional way because it's suffering is basically how you choose to deal with the pain right um so I feel like suffering is somewhat unavoidable but if it wasn't and if it was an optional optional thing to to experience I don't think it would be fully necessary to make it part of what being human is (laughs) yeah it's kind of a weird concept to wrap your mind around just because I feel like suffering is kind of really essential to being human because we are mortal but I think someone who has never suffered would probably be in a very fragile state and if they were kind of thrusted into a world like ours I think that they would immediately fall apart just because they wouldn't really understand how to respond to any kind of hardship big or small yeah definitely I know I've talked about this on um, this podcast before, but there was this study done on monkeys and it was so fascinating. Um, the fact that I first, A, remember exactly what happened and B, how the experiment turned out. 
So what they did was when when monkeys were born um by two separate mothers, they took group A and put them in like the like in an experimental wild environment without their mother and group B was like with their mother like being cared for, being loved for. And then when they reached like I think it was the age of 5, they took all of those monkeys and threw them into like a situation which um was like dangerous and wild without any of their mothers. And obviously the ones that had to go through like suffering, like had to like um, provide food for themselves because their mother was not there to care for them, obviously thrived in that environment better than the ones that were like, um, that grew up with their mom, right? And so I feel like if someone who has never suffered was thrown into this world, uh, probably would have a rocky start to it and probably might not even survive because uh, Earth is... Uh, crazy adventure if I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely agree with that. Uh, do, do you guys want to add anything else before we move on to the next question? I actually have a small question kind of linking to the experiment you kind of talked about. At what point in time do you guys think that it would be considered like a not appropriate but like a good idea to kind of start being almost fully independent? So for me I feel like when you reach Okay, fully independent is a whole other. I feel like it should not be just like all your life you've been babies, like you've like had everything handed to you, and then the minute you turn eighteen, it's just like okay, well now you're a full grown adult. Go into the world and like make your mark on it. Like that is not a like good way to do it. Obviously, people are gonna fail. I feel like there has to be a training ground, right? Um, probably like start by giving them some responsibility when they're like fourteen add on to that responsibility and teach them how to do it as well as teach them how to learn from their mistakes, right? And then if you do that from 14 till 18, then if they go out in the world by themselves and like they're responsible for themselves and you know they, they're fully independent, that's a wise way to do it in my opinion. But the way that we're currently doing it in which like everything's handed to you up up until the point where you're like 18, 20, and then you're like, expected to go into the world and fend for yourself I feel like that's not a um, sustainable way of doing things yeah I I definitely understand that I think that um kind of like what you were saying Melody there has to be a point in time where you're able to make mistakes um in a safe environment where you know you won't really feel the consequences as much as if you were independent but I do think that um you need to be kind of given those responsibilities uh, a lot earlier than just 18 because I think that's the only way that you can really be prepared for the real world. Now, like, we're kind of moving away from what we were going, but what do you think classifies as real, like, as reality and as, like, fake? Like, how do we determine what is what? How do we know that, the like, Earth itself is actually a real concept, like, Sure, physics tells us that, and um, chem- like we study the chemicals and stuff like that, the atoms in the air. But how we, how do we not know that this is just an elaborate um simulation from the future, and we're just like parts of someone else's reality? Yeah, I feel like uh we don't because I think because we're sensory creatures, our perceptions can e- be easily cr- tricked. So in a way, nothing is real because our human mind um, is so limiting in its thinking. But I guess um, from a more practical standpoint, um, all of our realities are different. And um, therefore, how are we ever able to say if something is fake? 
um, if it's the truth to one person and isn't to another. Yeah, that's interesting. Like one man's um, trash is another man's treasure, something like that. Christine, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, there are people who believe, um, well, kind of like scientists who say, like, there's a 50% chance that we're all living in a simulation. And like, the thing is, it, it all kind of, I feel, kind of boils down to also perception, perspective, and like, kind of relativity. I mean, in my opinion, I'm not a physicist. Physics is not my best subject. So don't <laughs> take my word for everything I say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for example, like if you were to, um, so if you had a train, right, and you were to go like almost the speed of light, um, the train would like be just shy of the speed of light, but the time inside the train would slow down exponentially. So it ends up becoming like almost this whole different reality than right outside the train. So it's almost like, at this point, there are two different worlds living at the same time, almost at the same place. So it really is like, you can't really tell if anything is fake or real. It's all depending on how you see it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess in some ways, like there's multiple truths, um, kind of when you're talking about the train, like the truth of someone inside the train is going to be very different than the truth of someone who's outside of the train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, another question I have here, and I know I mentioned that this is a um, theme of reflection. This is just to see how we think of all these different questions that I'm asking. So now that being said, does a person's name influence the person they become? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think so, because I think names can dictate the way that society interacts with us. You know, what if my name was like Bizarre Bark? I think that like that would have a real impact on how people talk to me and how they acted around me. And I think that kind of would change the way that, um, you know, the person that I become. Uh, I guess on a more serious note, though, um, if my name is Letitia and I'm competing against, you know, uh, someone named Jane for a job. Well, there are studies that will show that names like Letitia, which is a common African-American name, will get worse scores when the assessor looks at the resume. And I think that also has a really big influence on the person that they become, for better or for worse. So, um, yeah, I do think that a person's name can influence the person that they become. And do you think that's why a lot of people, um, once they've reached a legal age, decide to change their given name to something else? Yeah, I think um, a part of it is just that they think that their identity isn't really reflected in their name, maybe. Um, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of, you know, all those people. Uh, But yeah, I think it's kind of just the ideas that you don't feel represented by the name that you're given because, um, I don't know, you think that it means something different than who you feel you are. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Uh, when I realized the meaning of melody, I know for sure I was like suddenly really interested in singing. Um, I'll sing twenty four seven. People will get annoyed with me. I'm in the middle of class right now, and I'm like doing my my um work on the computer, and I'm just thinking a random song. And people are like, why do you always sing? I'm like, my name's Melody. What else do you expect from me, right? Um, I don't know. I for me at least, I find this true. Um, but Christine, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like, I, I, I definitely think that it's the truth, um, at least for me, um, just because, like, a lot of times name almost have, like, 
it's almost like the names hold the personality and you grow into the personality it holds for I feel many people and so like as a society you know we'd always say like oh look at that Karen or oh look at that Josh like okay or okay Jessica you know like it almost becomes like a societal thing where like each name almost has like it's a sign group of personality that we eventually grow into I don't know I feel like that's I don't know if that's something that I realized if something that's like actually true but I feel that's definitely something that's um kind of happening like your name I feel definitely does influence uh, who you end up becoming in the long run yeah I totally agree I feel like any name has some sort of connotation around it which will determine you know how people act around you or how you even see yourself Christine I know you mentioned Karen okay I for one don't know where the heck that originated from but I'm actually really curious because um first time I heard it was like uh, two months ago and I was like oh what's a Karen and then my friend told me I was like oh that's interesting but do you know where that originated from anyone I'm really curious to know like where the name originated from like, or like where like the meaning yeah the meaning why do people associate someone called Karen with someone who's like always uh like racist or like pushy or like wants to get other people in trouble Honestly, I think it's just the media. Like, they were able to, like, catch a whole bunch of people named Karen doing that. I guess it became, like, common name. Oh, to all the Karens out there who don't actually act like Karen, uh, my deepest apology. If you want to change your name and you're legally 18, you can do it in any um, court of law. <laughs> okay, um, here's another question. If you were, if you were an alien... And um, like you came into Earth, like you came into Earth disguised as a human. What would your first reaction be when you interacted with the people? Yeah, so I think if I was an alien and I, and I came to Earth, I would probably just peace out, you know, and go back to my planet. <laughs> but if I was to stay, um, I would definitely try to convince humans that our differences shouldn't separate us, um, but rather bring us together. And with that, try and find sustainable ways to distribute food, energy, and water, um, and kind of lower a lot of the injustices that we see in our world today. Why would you want to, like, peace out and, like, goodbye, Earth? I never want to see you again. Um, I think just because it's, like, really daunting coming to a place um, with this many problems. Um <laughs> Um, I mean, who knows what planet I came from, you know, maybe I was escaping from something really bad. But um, I think if I came on and I was and someone asked me, like, what, how are we going to solve this? I'd be like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah, really complicated. Um, so that's probably why I'd be like, okay, you guys have your problems. I'm just gonna go back. But if I was a caring alien, um, I would really stay and try to um, just learn about humans. I think humans are definitely pretty interesting, but I feel like maybe an alien would think that we're kind of silly. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of the times. You know, I have a theory that humans are actually not the smartest beings in this galaxy. I feel like they are more smarter beings and they've advanced in technology so much that they've been... Because you know how humans are like, we want to go out there and explore. The others have already explored and they're just like, we don't like what we see out there. Um, we're going to disguise ourselves so they never find us once they come to, a real, to the realization that they can actually come out here and explore. So I, 
like this is just like um a theory or I don't even know what you call it, but I feel like there are other aliens out there that are ten times more advanced and more smarter than us. But yeah, Christine, what are your thoughts? Um, on the alien or on the question? Uh, I mean, I <laughs> on the question of if you were an alien visiting Earth for the very first time, what would your initial reaction be? Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> depending on the year and depending on the twenty twenty. I feel um July fifth. Come, you come, you you arrive in uh, Earth. That will be a very um adventurous i feel um first travel i'm honestly i'm more of a like you know how there's like flight fright no sorry like um fight flight or freeze kind of reactions yeah i'm a freeze and i would just stand there in shock and literally just wonder and ponder as to what is happening (laughs) i feel like i literally just flight just like um sophia did i was just like Okay, guys, nice meeting you. Nice seeing you. You got your problems. I got mine. You solve yours. I solve mine. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> also being an alien, I think, would be a very tough position to be on Earth just because, like, people have been waiting for aliens to come for who knows how long. And, like, if an alien actually came, they'd probably be stuck in some sort of lab, you know, having tests run on it, you know, like being questioned about whatever land they came from how things are on their planet that kind of thing I feel like um they wouldn't really they definitely wouldn't be treated how humans are treated and I mean obviously there's still discrimination with humans so I can't really imagine what it would be like for an alien (laughs) yes definitely um moving away from this this the theme of this podcast is reflection and so I just want to ask how has um, this is assuming that we all reflect on every single all on every single important decision that we do. How has sitting down and reflection mm-hmm. and reflecting helped you um, like with your life, with your accomplishments and stuff like that? Yeah, I think um, for me, reflection is kind of just necessary, um, especially after any kind of milestone like birthdays, holidays. I think that's usually the time or, you know, even COVID with quarantine. Um, these are definitely times when I really like to just reflect on my life, but also how certain things, you know, outcomes, um, and that kind of thing. And I think it's what allowed me to grow and to understand my weaknesses, understand my strengths and kind of optimize in my life, um, for the certain areas that I'm weaker in. But, um, yeah, I think like reflections can really be applied to any time in your life. Um, any kind of situation that you're in, whether it be a school project, um, whether it be like a job decision, I think reflection is kind of necessary for um, the future decisions that you make. Yeah, absolutely. Christine? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like for me, like I reflect, oh, I don't know if I, I would call it reflection, but like every single day in the morning, the first thing I do, like I have a designated notebook for this. I write everything I want to accomplish. And then at night, I look at what I was able to do and why I think I wasn't able to accomplish things I didn't do. And doing that basically helps me see like, okay, why did I do this? What can I do better to do this to be able to achieve goals for tomorrow? And doing that almost makes me see like what I need to improve on and like what I could do better for the future. 
and that honestly helps also with like huge decisions kind of how you know Naila said with like jobs and like so many other different things so yeah reflection I think is a huge part in like just growing and also being able to make important decisions as an extremely indecisive person I can say firsthand it really works (laughs) yes well thank you everyone so much for listening thank you very much for tuning in with us and to all our um dedicated fans out there thank you very much for supporting us during our journey this year um please stay tuned for more amazing episodes with amazing innovate and maybe even an activate from the knowledge society if you have any questions suggestions or any concerns regarding any of our episodes please contact us um you can you can leave a voice recording when you go to the where, where you listen to the podcast Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very much, Sophia, for sharing your thoughts. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank and- you so much, Marlene and Christine. This is really fun. <laughs> okay, everyone. This has been Philosophical Teens. Until next time, have a good evening, 